In this episode, we're talking Facebook and Instagram ads, one of my favorite topics, but one that gets pretty complicated and confusing pretty quickly. So after listening, if you want the eight-step proven blueprint for setting up high-converting ads once that will send a constant flow of new leads and bookings into your business with just a few dollars a day, I link the information in the show notes for you. In my Book More Birthdays with Ads course, you will get all the tutorials, training, and know-how you need to be confident enough to never need to pay a third-party ads manager or outsource this task, which can save you thousands of dollars per month. But what I will do is give you the tools and templates needed to delegate this to your internal team once you're ready. So this is really a no-brainer. To learn more about my Book More Birthdays with Ads course, head to the show notes. If you're in the play and party business and you want to operate with more ease and joy, all while making the living you dreamed of, I created the Profitable Play Podcast just for you. Join me, your host, Michelle Caruana, for Small But Mighty Tips Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays that will all add up to a big impact on your mindset, your business, and your bottom line. Stick with me to keep the passion and grow the profit in your play or party-based business. All right, Playmakers, happy Wednesday. I am so excited to continue talking about Pinterest advertising in today's episode. But before we get started, I just wanted to do a quick listener shout out. So after listening to Monday's episode, episode 155, a listener, Brooke, ended up DMing me on Instagram and actually shared that Pinterest ads have really been on her mind lately. And she actually shared that Pinterest was where she first found out about me and all of my indoor playground resources. So thank you so much, Brooke. It really brought a smile to my face and it just further confirmed and validated that this is such an important topic and Pinterest is a platform full of opportunity. So I'm just so excited to, like I said, continue talking about it today. So thank you so much, Brooke. And again, I really encourage you to give me a follow and a message on Instagram. I love connecting with all of you guys there and just having a conversation, hearing about your plans and answering any questions. All right. So as promised in this episode, I'll be sharing a few basic tips that will help you get started with Pinterest ads, five to be specific. And if you have not listened to episode 155, the last episode, hit pause on this one and go back and give this one or that one a listen first, because in that episode, I go through all of the reasons why I think Pinterest is a major untapped source of birthday party bookings and sales for local indoor playgrounds or party rental businesses. All right, let's dive right into the five tips, starting with number one, use high quality, high resolution, professional images. Now, this one isn't Pinterest specific necessarily, but I still felt like I should mention it here. Regardless of the platform that you're using, high-quality professional images will undoubtedly make your ads perform better in most cases. This is especially true if you're showcasing your play area or party decor or setups or anything like that. Now, there are some exceptions, as I have seen more on-the-fly and authentic content perform better than professional images in some cases. This is because more casual looking photos on Instagram and Facebook 
can sometimes make ads look like organic posts, increasing the likelihood that people will engage with it because people are much more likely to engage with organic posts as opposed to advertisements. However, on Pinterest specifically, there isn't as much on-the-fly sharing by users. It's mainly a consuming platform, meaning the majority of photos on the platform are high quality in nature. So unless you're sharing video content or something like that, professional photos are a must for appearing as a legitimate business on Pinterest. And if you're sharing content pre-opening like blog posts or anything like that, I would highly recommend using high quality stock photos until you get professional photos of your own. Investing in professional photos once you're open is something I cannot recommend enough as you can repurpose these into dozens, hundreds, maybe even thousands of marketing assets that will help boost your sales and bookings. Pinterest advertising is just one of many, 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 many use cases for professional photos. All right, tip number two, make sure you try different pin types. So there are a bunch of different pin types, but I'm going to talk about the four that I see most commonly used by indoor playground owners. And by the way, I've actually never seen an indoor playground use uh, Pinterest advertising. I'm talking about use cases that I see hypothetically. All right, so the first type is standard pins. These are exactly the same as regular organic pins, but they'll say promoted by next to your company or page name. Standard promoted pins are a perfect way to easily dip your toes in the Pinterest advertising waters, especially if you already have pins that are performing well, if you're already on Pinterest as a business, that you'd like to boost and increase visibility with some ad spend. I love promoting pins in this way because doing so allows you to add a longer description, in this case, 500 characters, for the text that appears when someone clicks to expand your pin, making it even easier for people searching for things like birthday party ideas in your local area. So as I mentioned in the last episode, you can absolutely target your promoted pins to only serve to people in your unique geographical area. A lot of people shy away from Pinterest ads because they think that, oh, you know, it's for national businesses or worldwide businesses. You know, local businesses don't really have a place in Pinterest. And again, I hope I kind of dispelled that misconception in the last episode. But again, just to hammer it home, I really wanted to mention that again here. So for standard promoted pins, I generally recommend using the standard pin ratio of 9 to 16 or, you know, the vertical kind of Instagram story size for these types of ads to make them appear as native as possible. So if somebody searches birthday party ideas, they might see your promoted pin and just assume it's part of their search results because that's exactly how Pinterest works. Sponsored pins are actually searchable, and we are going to talk about optimizing your pin description in just a moment. But moving on to the next most common type of promoted pin that I expect indoor playground owners to use, and that's video pins. So video pins are a great way to still use that standard pin format, but make your ad appear even more eye-catching by adding some animation using Canva 
or using a video as a pin, like maybe one you created with your phone. I recommend making these videos or animations between 15 or excuse me, five and 15 seconds long based on my research and on my own results. And by the way, you can check out my Pinterest account to see examples of everything I'm referring to here, which I've linked in the show notes to this episode. So you can either make a standard format vertical video pin, again, that same ratio I talked about in the previous point, or instead choose a wide video version. The maximum width ad is actually four times bigger than a standard pin, making a square that goes over two columns when you're browsing through Pinterest. These wider videos will cost a bit more per impression because it takes up more real estate on the page. Like, for example, if you've ever taken out a newspaper ad or anything like that, you know those bigger ads are going to cost more. So that's true here as well. But these ads will likely be more effective in capturing the attention of your potential customers. I love this idea because while someone may be searching for birthday party theme ideas or favor ideas or decor ideas on Pinterest, they may not be looking for venues quite yet. Using this larger size will help prevent them from simply scrolling past your ad unnoticed. So it's much more likely to, like I said, grab their attention. All right, next is carousel pins. So if you've taken my Facebook and Instagram ads course, carousel pins on Pinterest are very similar to the carousel ads on Facebook and Instagram, except in that standard Pinterest sizing. You can use carousel pins to promote a series of pictures or theme ideas or tips you want to share, or you can just use them as an opportunity to share more information on the ad itself before a browser has to actually click over to your website to learn to learn more about your indoor playground business offerings. This can be really helpful since people tend to want to stay on Pinterest for as long as possible before disrupting their session. So again, you can use three or five different images on one promoted pin, as opposed to just the one that you typically would for an organic pin. And then the last pin type I wanted to share is an idea pin. So these are also known as story pins, and these allow you to share multiple forms of media in one promoted pin, like videos, images, and text, again, all on a single ad. You can tap through these idea pins like pages, very similar to how you would tap through slides in an Instagram story. Idea pins work really well for how-to demonstrations, list, a set of tips, a list of theme ideas, or other educational content. And very similar to TikTok, you can select music for these idea pins, and you can also record voiceovers, making the content even more engaging. You can also add detail pages for more specifics or sources or instructions, next steps, booking information, and more. This is a great way to get as much information as possible into one ad. And it's really similar in concept, though not similar necessarily in visuals or execution, to collection ads on Facebook, which I also cover in my course linked in the show notes. 
The idea, again, is that you're sharing your services in a multimedia experience so your potential customer can really gain a sense of what your business has to offer all before clicking over to your website. So it's kind of a one-up to a video ad. All right, so my third Pinterest ad tip is be strategic when choosing your pin's destination or landing page. One of the biggest mistakes that many business owners, especially indoor playground owners, make in my experience when running ads on any platform is to send browsers or clicks right to their homepage. This is almost never a best practice because there are far too many options and too much information and potential destinations for that person to take on your business homepage. You should be sending users instead directly to the content that they're expecting to see after they clicked on your pin. Otherwise, they're going to get frustrated and click away, likely skipping your pins moving forward. And we don't want that. If you're advertising a specific birthday theme, for example, send them to a blog article about a birthday you hosted with that theme full of tips and pictures. Of course, on this podcast, I've mentioned many, many times how important it is to include call to actions or calls to action rather links and clickable images inside of your blog posts to convert readers into bookings. So you don't need to worry about losing out on bookings by sending people to a blog because they are not going to be able to help seeing all of your birthday party services and booking information while they're reading that blog and consuming all that super valuable information. You will definitely see higher conversions using the strategy because you're starting the relationship with your potential customer off on the right foot. You're showcasing that you are the authority on birthday parties in their area, and you're already providing help and value to them, which works to earn trust with them. And if you can sprinkle reviews or customer testimonials inside of your blog, this will also work to establish your business as reliable and trustworthy without being overtly salesy. You can also sprinkle lead magnet links throughout your blog, maybe to a birthday party guide or downloadable list of tips for people who want to continue learning from you and remain in your orbit, but are not quite ready to make that booking. I recommend testing sending users to both your birthday party booking landing page, maybe to a Pinterest-specific deal or landing page if you're a bit more advanced and experienced with pay-per-click advertising, and split testing that with things like blog posts or tip lists. So I want you to experiment with sending your users to a variety of destinations. Every business is different. So discovering what works best for you is key to successfully utilizing any ad platform, including Pinterest. And if you recall from back in episode 155, once you get users to any page on your website, they will now be available to you to retarget in ads on Instagram and Facebook as long as you have your Facebook pixel installed or your uh, pixel conversion code installed, which I'm going to talk about in a minute, 
but I talk about the Facebook pixel also in episode 14 of this podcast. So you should have both your uh, Pinterest tag installed and your Facebook pixel installed because that will allow you to retarget users on both platforms. So this also works to ensure that you'll be staying top of mind with those customers who are, again, not quite ready to book during that initial visit, but may in the future. All right, tip number four, optimize your pin description. So your creative, or in other words, the video or photo that you've used as your promoted pin will be what catches your potential customer's attention, but the description that you use for your pin will add a lot of context and it will also help make your content searchable organically. Because as I mentioned in the last episode and just a few minutes ago, Pinterest ads are searchable just like organic pins, which just adds to their effectiveness. People don't really use Facebook or Instagram as search engines as much, which is just one more reason I love Pinterest ads. It helps connect people actively looking for your products and services to your business more easily. And again, you can target people only living in your area. So when putting together your pins description, which again can be longer than an organic pins description, capping out at 500 characters, it really helps to explain to users what the pin is and why they should click. Don't just state your business name or your mission statement or anything like that. When it comes to Pinterest, it's better to offer explanations as to why your product or service is valuable to them or what they can expect to see or read when they click, instead of just stating the obvious, which people can probably already figure out by the imagery of your pin. And also skip the hashtags, as this is a very outdated Pinterest strategy that is no longer recommended or considered a best practice. If you use hashtags in your pin description, you're going to be wasting a ton of super valuable space that will actually, again, make your content more searchable. People aren't really clicking on hashtags anymore. All right, and then finally, tip number five, which I kind of already alluded to, is to make sure that you install your Pinterest conversion tag so that you can track your campaign's results. So again, very similar to the Facebook pixel, which we discuss in episode 14 of this podcast, Pinterest conversion tag will allow you to measure the success of your campaigns, telling you what actions users take on your site after they've clicked on your promoted pin. Instead of just measuring the number of clicks, you can actually track your return on investment or ROI based on what users did on your site after clicking. Now, this isn't a perfect science, especially if you use retargeting ads or if you use a third-party event booking software like Acuity or Occasion or Aluvi, but you can definitely gain an understanding of how engaged your website visitors coming from Pinterest are with your content regardless. This can help you make more data-driven decisions regarding your campaign length and budget, which is so important. This conversion tag also lets you capture the website visitors coming from the ads, again, similar to that Facebook pixel, so that you can set up retargeting campaigns in Pinterest. And if you want to learn more about retargeting ads conceptually, 
go back and listen to episode 31 of this podcast because Pinterest retargeting ads are very similar to those on Facebook and Instagram. So while I definitely recommend you set up um, Pinterest retargeting ads, I absolutely love a multi-platform approach to stay top of mind as much as possible. So for example, if somebody's browsing for first birthday theme ideas, they click on your pin, but for whatever reason, decide not to book them in there. Next time they pop open Instagram or Facebook, boom, your business is going to be right in their feed, reminding them, hey, our birthdays are booking quick. You better reserve your date now. And that's just going to increase the effectiveness of your advertising in general. So the pixel or this conversion tag is made up of two different parts, very similar to Facebook's or Meta's pixel, the base code and the event code. And we're getting into details here, but I think it's important to mention. The base code is unique to your Pinterest account, not just a specific pin, your entire account. And it lets you build retargeting campaigns based on site activity. Event codes are a bit more advanced and are attached to the base code on pages where you want to track specific events like conversions, add to carts, leads, or bookings. Again, this might get tricky if you're using a third-party event booking or cart software that does not allow you to embed custom coding. If you are able to embed custom coding or tags on your confirmation pages, you would like you would likely add the checkout tag to the booking confirmation or thank you page, which will only fire if users actually purchase or book, for example. So when analyzing your campaigns, you'll be able to see not only how many people clicked or how many people converted to website visitors, but also how many bookings resulted directly from those ads. And of course, I'm only using birthday party bookings here as an example. You can use Pinterest to promote other revenue streams, such as memberships, retail and toy sales, and more. So if you're a Playmaker Society member or have purchased the ads course I mentioned right at the top of this episode, I will be sure to include tutorials on installing all of these tracking codes when I upload the Pinterest ads training later this month or next month rather, so you can have a step-by-step process to follow. All right, I hope you enjoyed these five quick Pinterest advertising tips. And if you do, or uh, excuse me, if you'd like to dig into my advanced training, you can either enroll in my ads course I made specifically for indoor playground owners, or you can become a Playmaker Society member. The links to both programs and all of my other social media handles and resources are available in the show notes. And if you have any questions, please feel free to DM me on Instagram like Brooke did. My profile is also linked there. And if you can't wait for more content, my YouTube video has over 175 videos. That's mostly unique content not available here on this podcast. So I link that in the show notes as well. And as always, if you found this episode helpful, the best way to show support for me or for the show is to leave a rating or review wherever you are listening. It is so, so appreciated. All right. I will see you back here on Friday with your quick free weekend tips.